parental controls. From streaming apps to video game consoles to YouTube to your children's smartphones, nearly everything related to content has a way to restrict harmful images and ideas from young eyes and ears. But are we taking advantage of it? Hey everyone, Adam Holtz here, your host for The Plugged In Show, focus on the family's weekly conversation about entertainment, pop culture, and technology. Earlier this week, I saw an article about new parental control features for tweens and teens who use YouTube, and I thought, that's great, but I hope families avail themselves of these new tools to keep their kids away from the the nasty stuff. But I'm also mindful that sometimes, despite our best intentions, actually implementing these controls can be difficult for some of us, sometimes me included. So today, we're going to talk in broad terms about the barriers that might keep parents from using these tools, but we're also going to flip that conversation and discuss why parental controls and content-restricting software alone isn't enough to help your kids safely navigate their digital worlds today. But before we get started, I want to highlight the Plugged In Movie Awards. As Oscar season approaches, we like to take a look at the movies from the past year and honor them with our own awards. You can find out more at our blog at PluggedIn.com, and you can even vote for your favorites. Then join us for a special bonus podcast episode of The Plugged In Show on Friday, March 19th, to find out the winners. Now let's dive into our topic. Joining me for our conversation are... Bob Hoos. Kristen Smith. And Jonathan McKee. Well, we're going to be talking about the subject of parental controls on technology today. Before we jump into the nitty-gritty on that topic, though, I would love to hear from each of you about one lesson you've learned as parents when it comes to setting healthy boundaries for your kids in general. What's one principle or nugget of wisdom you can share? Oh, I don't know if I should be the first to go, as yes. I only have it. You should, because you go, is three. Go. You are right there setting boundaries left and right. I actually, uh, well, yeah. Um, no, so I think one for, for us, for me and my husband, is just consistency with our kids, specifically with Judah, as he's like three. When it comes to, well, everything, but really with tech, <laughs> if we're talking if we're talking about tech specifically, and we let him watch like shows and stuff, of course, like we're probably more lax than some people are with TV. Um, but if like I set a timer and I say, okay, buddy, 30 minutes, we make sure to stick to it. Because he's really persuasive and because he gets really wild at his age if he has too much TV. So we have to make sure like we shut it off and give him something else to do or he just goes crazy. Hmm. That's very specific. Yeah. Very yes. Nice. Very nice. <laughs> Mine, mine's much more general. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned nugget of wisdom and I thought. Let's hear it all. I thought, no, I thought, um, I thought, you know. You had trouble picking just one, right? Right, right. Because I, I was going through the list of all the nuggets. <laughs> The um, bucket and, of nuggets. The bucket of nuggets. The first right? one that came to mind was that having a teenager is a lot like having a blender without a top. Uh, and uh, no, no, <laughs> no. I'm I have a teenager, and that actually made total sense to okay. me. Yeah, yeah. We're with you. And but, but uh, no, I was I was going to say one one nugget. I think that I can share with parents is that saying no for parents to say no. A lot is okay, but working hard to find God-fearing, healthy, fun things that you can say yes to mm-hmm. is better. That's good. 
So that's my my nugget. So don't be afraid to set boundaries, but also engage in ways that invite our kids into things as opposed to just so fencing them out. So you want to re-say what I was saying, and that's fine, yes. <laughs> no, yes, I, that's, no, that's I, exactly what I meant. I love what you had to say. It's, <laughs> Bob, it's the small group leader in me that makes, you know, just wants to clarify everything. That's right. So, There's thanks. a movie coming out about that that it's, I think it's Jennifer Garner, and most of it is she, like how she says no to her kids, but one day they have a say yes day and they say yes to everything. Mm-hmm. I realize that's not what we're talking about, but how fun. Right, if we just get to say yes, we, and, and go you can there. look for yeah. our review at pluggedin.com. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, Jonathan. That's funny. Um, you know what? I, I think the probably the either I won't even say the best parenting decision I made. Probably the luckiest that I stumbled upon, and I was like, "Hey, that actually worked." Uh, <laughs> was I, I? I was way too strict with my oldest, and uh, didn't work out as well. And um, I thought, man, I. I I didn't prepare him for a lot of the decisions in life. I was making too many decisions for him. And I thought, I got to, I got to teach my kids to make decisions. I got to lighten up a little bit. And, um, my wife and I kind of discussed it and talked about it. And once when my daughters were like just barely tweens and early teens, they were kind of complaining, Oh, you're too strict. You're too strict. I said, well, I said, you know, when you get to your senior year of high school, you're going to have no rules. And they just looked at me and they're like, okay, that's good. That's great. And there was like no argument there. And I, I just, I had stated it. And so, and all, and all I decided was, well, instead of letting them have no rules when they turn 18 and they're in a college dorm halfway across the country, um, why not a year early when they're still under mm. the roof? And so I tried it. I called it no rules senior year. And it was amazing because it was basically a segue from being stricter when they were younger to slowly let him make decisions. And, and by 18, it wasn't like, hey, can I go to my friend's house? It was, hey, I'm thinking of going to my friend's house. What about this? And all of a sudden, I found myself coaching instead of mm. parenting. And, and it was phenomenal. And some of our uh, friends thought we were crazy. Um, but, man, I just tell you, it was it was one of the principles I look back on and, and still recommend today is is making sure you have that, you know, end goal in mind of, you know, my goal is to release my kid to make, good wise decisions by themselves and giving them a chance to do that while they're in the home so whatever that looks like for us that that actually worked out pretty well with our girls that's cool jonathan of course in, in addition you never see them they're never there <laughs> <laughs> i guess that's a side benefit <laughs> well i was thinking about the way that my wife and i parent and i don't know that we ever like sat down and, and divided up the responsibilities but it sort of works out that she's usually bad cop and I'm usually good cop, but we work together to talk about how setting those boundaries works. And one of the things that my wife and I have realized is that, uh, and anybody who has teenagers, this goes back to your blender with no lid illustration. <laughs> Kids hate hearing no. Hmm. And the people pleaser in me often wants to capitulate to the temper tantrum. And my kids would say I'm the pushover. They're more likely to get their way with me than with their mom. She sometimes tends to be bad cop and they see me. Well, sometimes I wonder if they see me as a cop at all, but that's a separate (laughs) separate conversation. (laughs) But when we consistently hold the line, I think that what I've realized is there can be this sort of initial tsunami of emotion, but then you set the boundary and and sometimes there even need to be consequences for temper tantrums. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, time out. Um, that's not an okay response. And then it subsides. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I've tried to communicate to my kids is it's okay to have strong emotions. Mm-hmm. You don't have to like 
all of the decisions that we make. That's fine. What's not okay is acting disrespectfully and, you know, having that emotion channeled into anger that is destructive. If you stomp downstairs and close the door hard (laughs) as your passive aggressive or just aggressive aggressive (laughs) response, um, there are going to be consequences for that. And as Kristen said, the trick is consistency. I mean, we're not 100% consistent. I don't even know that we're 50% consistent, um, but we're really trying to engage with that. And so today, as we talk about setting parental controls, I understand that this is, it's a touchy topic, right? And in the abstract, it seems like, oh, this should be easy. We can set the controls and, you know, forget about it. But, But we all know that it's not that easy. And so I want to have that sort of grounding in reality as we move into this, that Mm -hmm. the process of setting limits and boundaries for our kids in anything, but especially for technology, it's a messy business. It's not always consistent, but uh, we want to encourage you not to give up in moments where it feels like, man, this is really, really hard. Well, you know, right now we're living in an incredible time where so much of the world's knowledge and history and creativity is available online with just a few quick keystrokes. But the dark side of that reality, obviously, is the easy accessibility of content that could be potentially damaging, especially for our kids. Well, in the intro, I mentioned that YouTube has announced that it is releasing some new parental control features for tween and teen users. And it's in beta, it's not quite out yet, but it's coming soon. What features will these new controls offer families for kids on YouTube? So it's actually divided, I think, for now into three categories. And of course, all this stuff could change as it's not released yet. But Explore is going to be for kids 9 and up. Explore More will be for kids 13 and up. And then most of YouTube is at that 18 age limit. Um, and then with most of YouTube, they're saying that for the 18-year-olds, um, that it's only going to be age-restricted content in place and then sensitive content, which could mean a lot of things on YouTube. Um, but I think like most... Um, like most filters or anything that you're going to use for your kids, it's going to have things on how you can control time, how much time they're going to spend on the screen. It'll filter certain websites, restrict certain content. Um, and then there's some issues too. I mean, I know we'll probably get into this, but a lot of kids now are online for um, schooling. And so they have a Google EDU account. And Google is saying that if you have those accounts for kids, these things will not apply to those accounts. It has to be a new account that you set up for your children um, that you're linked to so that you can filter this content. So they're basically really trying to give parents an opportunity to say, here's where my kid is at right. developmentally. Yeah. And here are the options that we have for you to protect them from inappropriate things that, that they might stumble into on YouTube. Yeah. And just like Jonathan mentioned, I think the with the most of YouTube, what they're trying to do, I think, is kind of walk kids through, like, here's some restriction, restriction. And as you get older, we're kind of going to release you and let you make your own decisions, right. which could mean a lot of different things on YouTube, though. Yeah. There's nothing really hard and fast. And, yeah. and especially now as you said, because it's in beta. Um, but but on the other hand, I think these could be very helpful to a lot of families because yeah. let's face it, you, you were mentioning kids being on uh, on YouTube. Man, you can, have a, you can have a kid, especially in these days where we're all locked inside, where, who, who's just on YouTube right. constantly right. Yeah. because there's so much content and so many things that can entertain. Well, and I think one of the issues with YouTube, um, it may not even be the videos that our kids 
seek out for themselves, but what gets recommended because of that. And if you've ever spent time on YouTube, you know, it's that, you know, that algorithm picks things. Okay. You watch this, maybe you'll like this. Mm -hmm. The algorithm doesn't know how old the person watching this is. Uh, and a number of years ago, I, I, we learned this in some ways the hard way, but in some ways it was a great teachable moment. We found this silly song, I mean, a really silly song about badgers, and they just repeat the word badger over and over, and there are these animated badgers jumping up and down. I'm, I'm strongly resisting the urge to sing the song. <laughs> Thank you. Because it's become a family favorite, and then these snakes come, and they're afraid of the snakes, and it's silly. It's the kind of stuff that, that kids could watch 100 times in a row until parents lose their minds, right? Uh-huh. Well, there was a narwhal one, too. And I'm like, oh, great. We love narwhal. I mean, who doesn't love whales with giant unicorn horns, right? (laughs) And about halfway through the song, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Pause. Because it got super inappropriate. And, uh, you know, you don't have to spend much time on YouTube to know that one video can be fine. Mm -hmm. And the next thing they recommend can be pretty problematic. And even sometimes as I have seen what my kids have looked at, I'm like, okay, that's okay. But clearly they pushed them towards that and that's not okay. Well, and that's one of the reasons why uh, it's tough when controls like this come out and we sit there and think, great, uh, in essence, a rating system. Well, I mean, look at the movie rating system. We all know that there's some R movies out there that are probably pretty appropriate across the board, Passion of the Christ. And there's a lot of PG movies that are completely inappropriate. And so often when you have this rating system out there that somebody is is putting out there, you know, it's just, it, they might be good rules of thumb, but they're not something to go, oh, cool, now I don't have to parent. Somebody right. else is parenting for me. That that We, we can't make that mistake. And we definitely believe that with Plugged In. <laughs> we definitely do. <laughs> well, Jonathan, I know that this is a subject you have thought about a lot. Uh, and you'll be talking about a lot of these issues in your forthcoming Focus on the Family book, Parenting Generation Screen. From your experience speaking on this subject, um, what are the kinds of questions that parents are asking about parental controls? You know, that's a great question because it's true. After my parent workshops, sometimes the the question parents always ask is okay okay so they'll literally walk up with a device in their hand they'll be like show me you know what what do i do to get my kid to stop doing the bad stuff you know it's just kind of like give me some give me some you know things i can type into this phone that will block out the bad stuff and sometimes i i think the biggest mistake that we make as parents sometimes is we again We hope that something's going to do the parenting for us. And and I'm not in any way trying to throw stones or say that, you know, oh, parents are lazy out there. I mean, I totally understand. It would be nice to know that our kids are safe out there. But sadly, what I'm finding is the best parental controls are the controls that actually aren't parental controls at all that you type into the phone. The best parental controls are delaying the age in which you give your kid a phone, delaying the age at which your kids get social media, talking about the apps that you download, talking with your kids about predatory behaviors. And then the biggest one, I mean, if I, if I could just give one rule, one parental control to my kid, it'd be no phone in the bedroom at night. And the funny thing is every one of those Mm -hmm. things I just mentioned, none of them are something you punch into your phone. They're all things that you have a conversation with your kid about. Yeah, I think those are great 
I also don't have an older child. So I guess from my perspective, I would think I would want to do that, but I would also really want the controls <laughs> because yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I hear you. These are machine operated controls, right? So they might have some human input, but a machine can only filter so much, which is the problem, right? So parents come up with this phone and they're saying, Hey, can you help me put these controls on my phone? I need some real concrete examples of what to do. So this thing, especially with Google, is you're going to be able to manage and watch search history, which I think is really big for parents. Because I know when I was a kid, I knew how to delete my search history. And it's not that hard. <laughs> so I think you kids were, are... You were one of those devious problem one children, One of those kids, right? So I just think to go with Jonathan's point, yes, have the conversations. But if you want some concrete stuff, there are tons of videos on YouTube, as we're talking about YouTube, <laughs> for how to set up these controls. Yeah. And I think it's really important... Um, that we give parents concrete tools that say, okay, if this is where you are and what you choose to do, here's a step-by-step process, which we're going to be putting some up on our website That's too, right. um, that really sit down and help you walk through how to do this. And that, and that leads us right into video games, right? because uh, you know, we've got the brand new consoles that just came out, and, and all of these different video game consoles have these kinds of uh, protective measures built into them too, but sometimes they're really tough to get to. But mm-hmm. just as an, an example, the, the new Xbox uh, Series X, it, uh, you know, they've designed this console to be something of a, of a general filter for everything your kids consume media-wise. Because so, you can watch movies through it, you can, you can use apps, you can do everything with these consoles. Right. But getting to, the, uh, getting to the controls can sometimes seem really impossible for a, a parent who's never used one before. Because right. you look at the, at the home screen, and there's nothing there. It's, mm-hmm. it's, all, it's all about video games, it's all about going online and all that sort of thing. But, uh, but how do you get to those menus to help? Well, I'll give you a quick, couple of quick pointers for people, for the Xbox Series X, for example. And the other consoles are very similar. For the Xbox Series X, it's all based on your controller, so that you you push that X that's on your controller, and that's X and that, for Xbox. Right? Yep, you just give it a quick <laughs> push, and it opens up a guide on the left hand side of your screen, and then you can go into the menus. You know, you, you've got the little gear there for settings. You'll want to click that real quick, and then the next tab is the accounts tab, then the family settings tab, mm-hmm. then the then the manage family members tab, and then the add a family member tab and (laughs) now those are all these different layers of menus but if you click all those tabs then the machine says okay i know what you want to do now and it's very intuitive it leads you in through setting up your child's account and and all the different controls that you have and there's tons of controls and if you use them they can be incredibly helpful in as i said filtering literally everything that your kid watches yeah those specifics are great, Bob, and, and those are great for kind of helping block out some of the distractions. But yeah. the the one thing I just want to communicate, because Chris and I'm not saying don't use these controls. I actually recommend right, right, controls. Yeah. And, and in the book, I actually even go through some of the things that, like, for instance, if you want to, you know, delay social media or you want to say, hey, talk to us before you download the app, you know, you can go to the iPhone, for example, and set it to where they can't download apps without a password. So those things yeah. are great. But it's crazy because i'd say that there's so many parents out there that they kind of 
almost get this false sense of security that True. hey, these controls are going to do this for me. And the, and, and the comment I keep making throughout the book is I, I keep saying parental controls offer some accountability in these areas as mm-hmm. long as they're not a substitute for communication and connection. Yeah, and that's I, super good. And I even say it a different way. I say parental controls can be quite helpful when partnered with open communication. And mm-hmm. they actually become weaker and less effective when parents overly rely on them to raise their kids. Because yeah. what ends up happening is we all have little Christians who know how to get through the passwords, <laughs> you know, and, and do this. And, and and some of the best controls then end up being these conversations we had. And, yeah. and one of the ways I talk about this is like, for instance, when it comes to porn blocks, this is a huge thing, you know, yep. uh, it'd be nice to have those. Every expert out there will tell you that if your kid wants to see porn, they're going to see porn no matter what you do. And mm-hmm. the best porn block is literally talking to your kids about God's design for sex and intimacy. Now, yeah, I'm not saying really good, don't Jonathan. put porn blocks. I, I think yeah. it's great to right. block out distractions, but we need to have a continual conversation about God's design for sex and intimacy. And that's going to help our kids understand the why behind the rule and not just impose some block that mm. isn't going to help them when their friend walks up with their own device and says, Hey, check this out. I really, really like what you just said. The why behind the rule. Sorry. I was, I'm so in the toddler infant stage that I am just like rules, 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 right? For like the first like five years, like this is what Absolutely. we're doing. So especially I think for my child, when I when I put like a parental control on on whatever he's watching or doing, I can almost let the control be the dictator, right? And say like, okay, if I set 30 minutes on the control, I don't have to be the bad guy that says, oh, no more. The, the device did it for me. And we almost Absolutely. have like less meltdowns when the device does it instead of mom like taking it away, right? That, that's awesome. But I like what you're saying. The, the device is the bad guy, not, yeah, not yeah. mommy. I'm, I'm, the I'm, the, I'm the bad guy enough. We need to let someone else be it. But I really like the. Um, I like what you're saying about the why, because I think the conversation is so important. Because as these are machine generated, you're gonna get around. Your kids are gonna get around these things, and if you have the the, the deep conversations. Even if they see the thing you don't want them to see or do the thing they don't want them to do, you'll have laid a foundation. That's super good. Well, and I think going back to what you were saying earlier, Jonathan, about your no rules senior year, we're on a continuum here where there is a, a, a tension or a relationship between rules and relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think the younger your kids are, the more you're on that the rules end of that continuum and the goal, I think, as they move toward young adulthood mm-hmm. is relationship so that you have the ability to speak into what's going on in their lives. And, and, I, and they'll know how to make rules and, for themselves. Exactly. Exactly. I, I call it connection before correction. And the, the thing is that we need to be, you know, talking with our kids and, and having these conversations because, you know, it, it's like that old phrase, right? Rules without a relationship lead to rebellion, you know? And, yep. and it's so true because if you're just, if you're walking mm. in and you're just this drill sergeant that has no relationship with your kid and all you do is impose, you know, how much time did you spend on your device today? All right, well, get off it. Da, da, da. It doesn't work. But if you're I did that com- yesterday and it didn't work. I'm <laughs> yeah, just going to yeah, vouch absolutely. for that. <laughs> yeah, but, but I also know that you have a relationship with your kids and you're talking with them about this. And, and, yeah. and it's just so important. We need to have connection before correction. That's so I, I have two things that I want to talk about before we begin to bring our, our conversation for a close today. Um, I know 
working at Plugged In, we talk about parental controls a lot. And I talk with a lot of parents and I am a parent. Uh, you can know what you need to do, but sometimes not do it. And my guess is, and it's an anecdotal guess, I don't have data to back this up. My guess is there are a lot of parents out there who know they should be implementing parental controls, mm -hmm. but they're not doing it. What are some of the barriers that you think keep parents from using these tools? And what kind of switch do we need to flip to sort of get over that hump? It's overwhelming. Okay. It is. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it overwhelming. Is. There are so many devices. Um, iOS is different from Android. Xbox is different from PlayStation. Like the way that you choose whatever devices you have, there's so much information on what to do and how to do it. I feel like sometimes that can be paralyzing. And I would really recommend whatever works for your family. Like just like if you need a social media reset and you need to block out the world, block out what doesn't apply to your family. Okay. And really take so some time. So pick your battles and, and sort of zero in maybe on one thing yeah. as opposed to All of everything. the things, yeah. Yeah, and I was talking about the Xbox earlier. Yeah. And I think I think their idea, the people who make the Xbox, their their concept is actually a good one in the sense that if you have one main console and you run everything through it, mm -hmm. then all okay. you have to worry about is one set yeah. of controls. Okay. And I think I think that That's great. that can be helpful. You know, I mean, yes, you, you, you don't want your devices to rule your, your world, but if you do have a device like that and you're and everybody's watching everything through it, so you watch your movies through it, you watch you 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 use your apps through it, you uh you you surf the web through it. If everything's going through that, then that one set of uh of restrictions is across the board. Hmm. Well, and I always tell parents, man, if if there was one, and I kind of alluded to it earlier in the podcast, if there was just one rule, if I could just have one rule with my kids, it would simply be no devices in the bedrooms at night. And That's a the, really good one. And the reason I say that is because almost every, I, I, I would almost say every, because I think it is every story I hear from a parent about, okay, so my kid was texting throughout the night. Or so my kid met this predator and she didn't know it was a predator and she was texting at 11 at night or mm -hmm. she was with her friend or my son was playing video games through the night. And it, the common denominator almost always is in the bedroom alone, door shut all night long. And yeah. I'm not saying that parents not, asleep. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not saying that, you know, that nothing happens at three in the afternoon, but a whole lot happens after 10 at night. And it's amazing how that one simple you know, guideline that the American Academy of Pediatrics has been recommending for so long and saying, just pull the devices out of the bedroom. That one simple task. And you don't even have to know technology to do it. You just yeah. have to simply talk with your kids and kind of agree. And, and I mean, and the only hard part is you have to kind of look for old devices too, because they have that old, you know, iPod touch that you forgot about and it's on Wi-Fi and they can get on their same <laughs> stuff on that one. So you do have to kind of, I've you never know, done that. You, have to, you have to walk around with a scanner and find every little piece of electronics in the room. But but no, I mean, this is one of the one a very simple rule to have that can alleviate so much frustration. It's good. Well, and I want to answer my own question, and then we're going to have one more question and, and bring things <laughs> in for our landing here. Um, I think there's a mystique around parental controls that it's like, oh, I don't know how to do that. But like the process that Bob described, once you do it once, mm -hmm. you you sort of puncture that mystique and you're like, yep. oh, 
this is actually not that mystical. And I would compare the different parental control features on different devices and different brands. It's kind of like different cars, right? Yes. Like we've all had experiences. Maybe it's a rental car or driving, you know, somebody else's car for some reason. The controls are all pretty much the same. But if you go from one brand to another, you know, they might be in different places. Yes. And mm-hmm. and I think parental controls are a lot like that. It's like they're all kind of doing broadly the same function, yeah. but maybe they've organized it slightly differently. But once I learn how to drive one car, I don't really worry about how to drive another right. car. I just have to familiarize myself with the unique elements with that brand. That's and good. and the, the manufacturers are actually trying to create something that's as intuitive as possible. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, yes... You do often have to go through many, many menus in some mm-hmm. of these these types of things, but if you if you just take your time with it, it's not as difficult as it may seem. Yeah. Okay. So last question. I think another thing I hear is, man, I blew it. There are a lot of parents out there who have regret. You know, my child's fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Is it too late? And there's just sort of this shrugging and saying, "Well, we just got to." You know, oh, well, just have to live with the consequences. What would you respond to parents asking if it's too late to begin implementing some of these changes and boundaries? I don't have an older kid, but I would, I would, (laughs) I don't, I just, I'm only speaking from experience. I would just say it's not like, I, I just picture myself as a teenager. If my parents would have come to me and had like a real conversation and we really talked about it. When you weren't hiding your iPod and right. your search Wasn't history. that bad of a kid? <laughs> yes. If we would have had like an actual conversation, I think I would have been more open because I did hear a lot of um, no and, and this is the way and there wasn't any budroom to really talk. Hmm. Um, and I think if we would have had conversations, things probably would have went a little Which differently. Which goes back to Jonathan's relationship. 100%. Yes. Yeah. Well, observation. And in that same realm is getting involved in the activities themselves. Yeah. Okay. So as as parents, you know, okay, your teens have been playing video games and you've been sort of on the outside saying, no, 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 or turn that off or whatever. The fact is that if you're a parent who actually gets involved, goes mm-hmm. in and watches, goes in and participates, Plays, yeah. maybe tries to play some of those games, mm-hmm. it gives you a, an inside track. Mm-hmm. It gives you an understanding of actually what they're doing and it helps them see that you're interested. Okay. That's great. Now, some teams, Which is back to the relationship. Right. And some teens may reject that, mm-hmm. but it's not, it's not a problem at least trying, uh, trying to connect. That's so good. I always tell parents one of the best ways to uh, impose boundaries is to start by going on a boundary fast. And that is to tell yourself, and don't tell your kids this, because if they know, they might exploit this. <laughs> but but <laughs> They will. <laughs> to, for a week... Tell yourself, I'm not going to correct my kid this week at all. I'm going to go on a boundary fast. And for that week, go drop on your kid's floor and be like, hey, how was your day? What's, you know, what's going on? Hey, do you want to go get some yogurt? Do you want to, you know, and just try to connect and literally for a week, do nothing but connection. And if the subject of boundaries comes up, I say, even delay it and say, you know what? That's something we need to talk about. Next week, I really want to talk about this. I, there's some conversations I want to have about predatory behaviors and needing to recognize and some of this stuff. But you know what? We're going to do that. We'll go out, we'll go out to pizza next week or something. We, we've got to talk about that. And, and to just do nothing but invest in your kids because our tendency sometimes is to go in and overreact 
and just quickly lay out all the boundaries. And it's a surefire way to get our kids to rebel. And we need to turn our overreaction into interaction. Jonathan, that made me think of, there's this thing I've been reading to myself as my toddler has um, tantrums. It's an escalated (laughs) adult cannot de-escalate an escalated child. Whoa, (laughs) I want to get that like... uh... I was going to say tattooed, but maybe just a poster. Yeah, well, I think that, that, that happened a lot in high school for me. You know, like every as tempers rise and everyone's freaking out, no one's hearing, no one's listening. We're not mm. connecting. So let's just calm down and have the conversation and go from there. So I really like that. So yeah, it works in married life, too. Oh, doesn't it? Doesn't <laughs> but it? that's another podcast yes. for <laughs> times. Well, parenting today isn't for the faint of heart. And as a parent myself, and as we've talked today, you've heard some of our stories about how hard this is, that it's not a perfect process, but our desire is to be actively and intentionally engaged in a way that we're, we're continually building that relationship, you know, even if there are some left turns in the process along the way. Uh, and we we know that trying to get a handle on all the ways we can utilize these parental controls can feel pretty overwhelming at times. So to help deal with that reality, we'd like to point you toward a new blog called Getting Started with Parental Controls. And we're just going to quantify some of the things that we've talked about today and help you begin to take some first concrete steps so that you can develop some confidence that, hey, I can do this. We can do this as a family and we can implement these tools that exist to create safeguards and guardrails for our kids. Well, as always, we hope that the Plugged In Show is a catalyst for you to go deeper in your thinking about how your family engages with technology and entertainment. So as a thank you for being a part of the Plugged In Show family, today for a gift of any amount, we'd also love to send you a copy of Focus on the Family Vice President Danny Huerta's new book, Seven Traits of Effective Parenting. You'll find a link to order that book, as well as links to everything else we've talked about here today in our Plugged In blog entry for this week's episode. And while you're there, let me remind you to vote for your favorites for our Plugged In Movie Awards. And be sure to listen to our special bonus podcast episode of The Plugged In Show on Friday, March 19th, to find out if your picks win. Well, on behalf of our entire team, I want to say thanks so much for listening today. And we look forward to connecting with you again next week for another episode of The Plugged In Show. The Plugged In Show.